0: Welcome to the Money Insights Podcast, where high-income earners come to learn wealth-building strategies that will take them from high income to high net worth with your hosts, financial and wealth-building experts, Christian Allen and Rod Zabrisky.
1: Welcome into today's episode of the Money Insights Podcast, where we talk all things money and business. My name's Christian Allen, and I'm with my co-host, Rodney the Pod Zabrisky. Rod, what's up, man? Hey, I'm doing great. So, we had a fun and intriguing interview with Jason Lee. Jason Lee's a real estate investor. He's the founder of JLM Real Estate, host of the Multimillionaire Podcast. We'll talk a little bit more about some of his background in a second. But um, for being, well, I feel bad because I, I, I was going to say for being so young, he's incredibly impressive, but he's just impressive regardless of how, yeah. how old he is, right? Yeah. So, I thought Jason had a lot of really um, great insights, and he focuses his market in San Diego, uh, but I think the principles that he talked about really resonate across the country regardless of where you're investing. So anyway, I thought the interview with Jason was really interesting. He had a lot of great insights, and again, especially for someone who's so young, uh, but he's just had a lot of success already, so super cool. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. So maybe I can uh, give people a little background. So as you mentioned, he's he is a, a broker and real estate agent there in the San Diego area in the commercial space. So he's, again, been really successful. And and now he became a broker of his own firm, has a bunch of people to work with him. Um, but then he he also went out and, and started investing himself. And I think uh, from the interview today, people find some really good nuggets. Anyone who, who invests in real estate or who wants to get investing in real estate, will hear some cool things that, uh, that could get you started or, or take you to another level if, uh, if you're already in there.
1: Okay, Rodney. Well, without further ado, let's get into our conversation with founder of JLM Real Estate and host of the Multifamily Millionaire Podcast, Jason Lee. Okay, we are very excited to have with us Jason Lee, real estate investor, founder of JLM Real Estate, and host of the Multi Millionaire Podcast. Jason, what's up, man? Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it.
3: Hey, thanks for having me, Christian. Glad to be here. Oh.
1: Okay, so we're gonna dive right in, and and um, before I ask you about kind of some of your background and just how you got into real estate, like I want to hit on this first. So you're obviously young. You've had a lot of success already. Um, We've hit on a lot of the things you've done, both as an investor and as a broker. Um, But what would you say are the top two or three things, the top two or three keys to being able to find success as early as you have?
3: Yeah, um, I think top two or three things that, um, that have helped me the most in my career. I think number one is Um, most people aren't going to want to hear it, but it's just working longer hours than most. I think just putting time into and having focus on what you, what you want to be successful in and in order to beat the competition and in order to, you know, try to keep up with people who have done it much longer than you, you have to obviously work longer hours and try to catch up to those people. Um, the second thing that's helped me a lot is kind of finding what I really love to do. I think I tried a lot of things. Um, When I was young and I knew what I was good at and knew what I wasn't good at. Um, And when I found out that I really liked real estate and was actually, you know, could could be good at it, I just went all in on it and just focused all in on real estate. I know a lot of people, um, you know, kind of have that, you know, the grass is green on the other side syndrome, uh, shiny object syndrome, where they kind of move side to side to different things. But um, when you go head first and it's something you actually like, uh, a lot of results will happen.
1: Yeah. Very cool. Those are good pieces of advice. Um, tell us a little bit about how you got into just the real estate. I, again, I know that, I know that, uh, it wasn't some like uh, epiphany. It was just like a gra- It sounds like from stuff that I've listened to, but tell us the story about how you got into that. Um, and just kind of what piqued your interest.
3: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, the way I got into real estate was just honestly, um, having like a quarter life crisis in college, I guess, and not knowing what I wanted to do. Um, I thought, you know, I wanted to be a doctor and pursue the science route, but I ended up absolutely hating it. Um, and then like middle of the, like, the second semester of my sophomore year, I um, after I took like the worst class of my life, organic chemistry, and it, you know how horrible that class is. Um, after the final, I threw my book, you know, into the trash can as hard as I could. And I said, I'm changing my major. <laughs> um, I changed my major to communication and, uh, talked to a lot of my friends. Um, you know, my fraternity, a lot of their parents were real estate people, finance mm-hmm. people, owned businesses. I was like, well, they're doing something right. Because these kids all have a lot of money. So, um, I wonder what, you know, what's in this world. So I just started joining a lot of the clubs on campus, like, you know, the finance club, real estate club, entrepreneurship club. And I really just fell into real estate by, um, meeting, my old mentor, uh, my old company who hired me as an intern at his commercial real estate firm. Um, And that firm sells multifamily properties, apartment complexes around San Diego County. Um, Started there, got my license and went full time. And, um, you know, the rest is history. Hmm.
2: Very cool. Awesome. Okay. So you mentioned your mentor uh, and that can be a huge part of success is, is finding people that you can surround yourself with that are, are successful. Um, so number one, how have you found people for the mentor? So you mentioned one, there may be others and then any suggestions for how to be a good mentee.
3: Yeah. Um, I, I think to find a good mentor, you have to bring value to that person. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you just go around the internet asking, you know, very successful people just to teach them what they've done, but you have nothing to offer and value. Um, there's a very small chance you're going to get any sort of response from that person. Um, You know, obviously from the first mentor I had that hired me to his firm, um, well, obviously the the value I was going to bring him was I was going to make a ton of calls every single day and bring him leads and make him money to to the firm. So I was going to bring, you know, uh, value that way. Um, On the investing side um, after I met a lot of clients who are very successful real estate investors in San Diego, Um, I brought them a lot of value by bringing them good opportunities to, um, to purchase, you know, to flip, to make money on. Um, so after I'd done that, I brought, I brought them a lot of value. So I'd ask them exactly what they're doing, what their investment strategy was. So I would, I would always ask a lot of questions after I'd already made the relationship and brought a lot of value first. Um, I never asked for anything unless I gave something first. So, um, I think a lot of young people out there, um, you know, ask a lot of questions and, Want um, a lot of time from someone who's been in the business for a while, but with nothing given in return. So I think when you change your mindset on providing value first, it's a lot easier to find a mentor that'll help you. Hmm. Good stuff. Jason, I have a question from a sales perspective
1: before we talk more about kind of the investor side. Um, what, what are you doing? What have you done? Or you, you've, sold, you've sold a ton of real estate over the past five years. Uh, what are you doing different from other people who are also trying to sell real estate, right? Like maybe, and, and there's probably a lot of things, so you don't have to highlight everything, but maybe what are some of those things that you're like, okay, this is something I do that just most people either don't know to do or aren't willing to do.
3: Yeah. um, I I think one thing that's that's really helped um, is honestly having some sort of social presence online, like being active on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. um, having a podcast and, um, just putting out content and informational content. I think, um, the commercial real estate industry is a very archaic industry. Um, there's not anyone that's like really out there making content in commercial real estate. There's a lot of realtors out there that are selling houses that are, you know, making content and stuff like that. But, um, in the commercial real estate space, brokers that sell like office buildings, apartment complexes, industrial buildings, like no one's really doing that stuff. So, Um, I think that's one way I've I've been able to build my brand and uh, differentiate from my competition. Um, But before that, I mean, the way I kind of got ahead of people at my company and um, other people that started when I started was um, I had a really good, you know, system uh, to make an X amount of calls and make an X amount of appointments. Um, I think a lot of people when they jump in, they don't know exactly how to like structure their workday. Um, so, you know, when I came into the office every single day, I would, um, try to call new owners from eight to 12, go to lunch. And then after that, I would, um, try to find new buyers through, you know, my databases going online, CoStar, MLS, um, for about three hours. And then after that, I would, um, for the last like three or four hours, you know, do just do follow-ups. So, um, Mm. I think just talking to people all day long, um, combing that database and, having a good list is extremely important. Um, but you know, having that mixed in with, you know, a little bit of an online presence has helped a lot.
2: Awesome. So for people who want to now get in, start investing in real estate, what do you have? What advice do you have for people who they've been wanting to for a long time? They just, they just have a hard time getting started. Like what, how, how do you overcome those kind of fears and, and self-defeating thoughts?
3: Yeah, um I, I think now's a really good time to buy real estate. I think um there's a ton of competition especially in my asset class the last, you know, 2 or 3 years. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people were jumping out of retail and office spaces after COVID who, you know, didn't get rents from their tenants for a long time and uh, people were cashing out of those and buying multifamily, but um I think if you're someone who's listening and you want to buy real estate but, you know, you're having trouble doing it, um I think that the number one advice I have is uh, finding good partners and pulling your money and, and buying. Um, I think doing investing in real estate by yourself in the beginning is very hard um, because you have to learn everything yourself. You have to, you know, put down all the down payment. Uh, there's a lot of unknowns in real estate, so if you can partner um, with someone maybe who's done it before or with someone who um, has the knowledge or has, you know, extra capital to help you buy your first investment. Um, after that, it gets a lot easier after you buy your first one and you can get the first one done. Um, and, and you learn the whole process, um, deal three, four, and five and six, whatever is much, much easier every single time. Um, cause the fear is, you know, the absolute, you know, soul crushing thing during that first deal. Cause you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have a partner or a friend who's done it before, or somebody who wants to get into it with you, where you can pull uh, your knowledge and your, you know, investment capital uh, to get into that first one has been really uh, beneficial for me on how I got started. Hmm.
1: So you're a broker and an investor. Jason, has that helped your perspective or maybe what, what perspective has that given you? That's maybe, let me try that again. Has it given you a perspective that's made it easier to go for into the investor world?
3: Yeah. Um, you know, I always say that if you're looking to be an investor um, in real estate, you know, starting as a professional in the industry, whether it's a broker, uh, lender, whatever it is, um, it, it's really beneficial because you, you can learn, you know, all sides of the business. Um, as a broker, I'm analyzing and underwriting deals all day long. I'm trying to find deals for my clients all day long. So um Now that I've done that for so long, I can see exactly what opportunities are good for me and what are not. I can see what a good deal is versus a bad deal that's not right for me. Um, So I I think just understanding deal knowledge and understanding how the numbers work um, as a broker really helped me kind of ease into being an investor. Like it was much, much easier Mm. to kind of jump into that role. Yeah, that
1: makes sense. It seems like a huge advantage, right? If you're already doing it, now you're like seeing what's happening with stuff that you're kind of creating. So you just like, it just makes sense to take that next step and do it. Exactly. Hmm. Very cool. Uh,
2: so there are a lot of different ways to invest in real estate. You've already kind of hinted around uh, a few of those, but what, what have you found the most success in?
3: Yeah. Um, the way that I've invested in real estate and how my partner and I grew our portfolio pretty fast is, um, um, It's, we we bought properties at a very high leverage. I know it's not um, recommended by many people, but um, I was basically the one that found properties for a very big discount, you know, 30 to 35% below market value. Um, And then my partner, like I said, he added value by um, helping with the capital stack. He runs a debt fund, so he has access to great debt. So, you know, I was the deal guy, he was the capital guy. Um, I ran the construction, he did the accounting, so we kind of pulled our, our you know skill sets and you know combined them to kind of help grow this portfolio. So the way I grew I grew my portfolio is you know I would buy let's say a fourplex for a million dollars, um, you know I did that three times, put you know one fifty to two hundred k into each investment, um, sold those properties for two to two point two million. And then we would take the profits and roll them into a, you know, a bigger asset, like an eight unit or a mm-hmm. 10 unit by doing a tax deferred 1031 exchange. Um, that's my investment strategy. And then also, you know, if you decide to keep the property, we can also do a cash out tax deferred uh, refinance, where if you have a smaller loan on the property and you add value, you can get a much bigger loan and um, cash out the, the remaining equity in the deal. If you add a lot of value and the property went up in value significantly. So that's how I've been able to grow my
2: portfolio really fast. And you mentioned construction. Uh, so you're doing a lot of that. You, you're, you're buying, you're getting the discount. You're buying it with the intention of doing some of those upgrades. Do you, have you primarily been doing where you have to make those upgrades before you can start renting out? Or is it kind of one of those where you're kind of rolling through the upgrades as you go?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so of the time, if you buy a deal that you know where you can add value and you know buy it for a discount, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. um, if you're buying a deal that um, needs a lot of work, there's a huge chance that, um, especially in San Diego County, the deal does not cash flow day one, so the rents are super Mm -hmm. low. Uh, It's an old owner, maybe out of state, that hasn't taken care of it, who's owned it for 20, 30 years, hasn't raised, raised rents in 20 years. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a good chance that the rents are you know, 50 to 60% below market value um, for, for the rental income. So you know, since that you know, is the case, you're usually not cash flowing day one, you're actually losing money day one. So yeah. our strategy is to um, you know, help find those tenants, find new homes, um, you know, maybe give them a cash for keys to help them you know, make their security deposit for the next um, rent they go into. And then we renovate all the units as fast as we can. So our carrying costs are lower. Mm-hmm. And then um, within three to four months, we're re-renting them, re- re-renting all the units to uh, market rate tenants.
2: Yeah, it's a quick turnaround.
3: Jason, tell us
1: why you, well, I guess I shouldn't say that. What's, what's your preference in terms of investing today? Are you in the commercial space? I, I, I shouldn't say it. I know you're in the multifamily space. What's the pros and cons of going commercial versus multifamily? Uh, where are you spending most of your time?
3: Yeah, um, something that most people don't know is that um, one to four units for multifamily, um, single family homes to four plexes uh, is considered residential. But um, mm-hmm. when you go five units and above, it's considered a commercial property and you get commercial financing on it. So um, the, the debt ends up being different. Um, but if you're comparing multifamily you know, to office, retail, industrial, um, there's a big difference right now. There's a lot of people that are trying to focus on industrial and multifamily. There's a lot more competition there. Uh, me personally, I'm, I'm just in the multifamily space, but you know, there's friends in the industry that are you know, strictly office and retail investors. And there is a lot, a lot of opportunity in those asset classes because a lot of people you know aren't really looking for them um so if you're looking for a good high cash flow opportunity usually office and retail have much better cash flow than multifamily or industrial the cap rates tend to be a lot higher because there's inherently more risk because uh when you're trying to lease an office building it could take you you know anywhere from 1 to 2 years if you're not in a great location cuz mm-hmm. not everyone needs a business space especially now um right. just like you guys a lot of people are working from home right um mm-hmm. So, but everyone needs a place to live. I mean, there's not enough housing. There's a huge housing crisis in California. Um, So I'd say, you know, multifamily is a much safer investment. But um, if you understand other asset classes in commercial real estate and you're interested in them, um, definitely gain that knowledge and learn from people because there is opportunity in, in in any asset class, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, well said. Okay, so when you get to see the way a lot of different people buy and own and and hold and invest in in properties are there things that you've seen that you'd like to try that you haven't yet tried out
3: oh yeah um that i haven't tried yet i mean i would love to um get more into um the industrial space i I think it's a very interesting asset class uh Mm -hmm. i mean when amazon is your tenant that's a pretty safe bet that they're gonna pay rent for a long time right um but I, I just don't know much about it. Um, I know there's a lot of people who've had a lot of success in it, um, brokers, investors, uh, et cetera. So that's a space I would love to get into. Um, just starting now to get into the commercial financing space, um, hired some commercial uh, loan officers to, to join JLM real estate. And uh, that's been really fun learning uh, more of the financing side. Um, but yeah, always looking for new opportunities. Very cool. So, I listened to one of your podcasts,
1: or started listening to one of your podcasts, and I'm curious, Jason. And you hit on this earlier, but can you expound on the idea that now is the best time to invest in real estate?
3: Yeah. Um, I, I, I think now, I mean, that, that comes from people that are much smarter than me, um, people who've been in the game much longer than me. So I'm not just talking out of my rear end when I say that. Um, I'm just listening to people that are a lot smarter than me. The reason why people are telling me that is because, um, you know, they're seeing a lot less competition, and they know that with less competition, less demand, that values, you know, have to come down a little bit. Um, especially with rising interest rates, when interest rates go up, that lowers your cash flow, your overall return. Um, so the cap rate, which is in layman's terms, is your return if you paid all cash to the property. So if you bought a million dollar property and you're buying a five cap, that will yield a 5% return on cash flow if you paid um, all cash for it. So when your cap rate goes up, it has an inverse um, relationship with value. So when your cap rate goes up, it's that same property to five cap is now uh, 6%. That property is no longer worth a million. It's worth anywhere, I think between eight to 900,000. Uh, um, I'm math on that one, but the values go down significantly as cap rates go up and cap rates go up when interest rates go up. So um, when that happens, Um, you know, values are coming down. There's less competition in the market, but we're also in an area, um, well, San Diego and other great markets, um, like in Utah or Phoenix, um, you know, Seattle, Chicago, all those big class A cities, they have, you know, still a very, very strong rental market. There's not enough supply for housing for good multifamily. So when you, when you take in the fundamentals of of multifamily real estate with, great rental income, which lowers your risk significantly, Um, also paired with less competition, rising interest rates, people being scared, um, sitting on the sidelines, that gives an opportunity for people who are trying to get into real estate or buy more real estate to have a really good opportunity um, to buy good deals, because the fundamentals are still there. Um, The only bad fundamental is rising interest rates, but um, from a supply and demand standpoint for uh, people who are looking to live in your unit, um, you know, e- the economics of certain locations. I'm not saying all areas are good to buy multifamily right now. Some aren't, um, but that's why people are saying that it's a great time to buy real estate.
2: How about rents? So uh, I know because of inflation, because of, well, a lot of different factors, a lot of things you've talked about in terms of shortage of, of you know, uh, housing units, et cetera. Uh, rents have gone up significantly over the last couple of years. What do you foresee... Moving forward, do you do you see that trend continuing, or do they level out? Do they even come down a little bit? What do you think?
3: Yeah, um, I I can only speak for Southern California because I only study the Southern California market. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I, I've seen graphs from CoStar, the biggest commercial real estate data platform, and from bigger economists down here. Um, San Diego County and Los Angeles have had an overall rent growth of like 7% over the last decade. Uh, the past two years has been a lot higher. It's been anywhere mm-hmm. from 15 to 20%. That is not sustainable at all. Um, yeah. So that'll definitely slow down. Um, but people are saying that, you know, in supply constrained markets, in supply constrained markets, that rents will still go up 3 uh, to 5% per year. Um, that's what CoStar is forecasting. Um, but it's tough to see them coming down because even in 2008 to 2010 in Southern California, um, you know, rents actually went up like 0.2% in 2008 and like one or 2% in 2009. Okay. And there was a lot more supply back then. Um, you know, fast forward, you know, third, 12, 13 years later, there's a lot less supply and a lot more people looking to live in Southern California populations just gone up. So, um, there's just too much um, demand for the, the rental prices to come down. Uh, other markets, it's different. I mean, I've heard that um, there are more vacancies right now in certain areas, and rental prices have come down a little bit in certain parts of Texas. I have friends out there that that are brokers there. Um, but in, in the markets I focus in, um, they're not seeing any forecasts of rents coming down.
2: So maybe just stabilizing, right? If it's back to that kind of 3 to 5%, that's that's probably... What what you might call normal, whatever normal means, but but you know more typical.
3: Yeah, much healthier for sure. Yeah, yeah. a twenty percent rental growth a year is not not healthy.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, crazy. Uh,
1: Jason, what are advantages? Uh, and you've hit on this a little bit, but what are some of the advantages of investing in your market in San Diego?
3: Um, yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, I'll, I'll say the pros and cons. Um, yeah. advantages of investing in San Diego or just California in general um there's been greater appreciation than most markets here in uh, California than you know compared to any other market in the US um so appreciation's been extremely strong um obviously the reason why I most people invest in California is cuz the day one cash flow is a lot lower than some places like you know Ohio or something like that um so, if you're looking for high appreciation, but you're okay with lower cash flow, California is a great place to invest. Um, but that being said, I mean, if you're if you have relationships and you know brokers and you can find off market properties, there are deals that cash flow really high and also appreciate a lot. So it all depends on really who you know. Um, you know, big markets like you know San Diego, Miami, you know LA, or whatever, wherever you are in the U.S. Um, it's tough to find a good deal if you're buying in a class A you know, city. Um, I, I think the risk factor is also very low in California. I think um, because of the weather and because of the overall economy of the state, I think people are always going to want to live in California. So uh, if you're buying in a good location in California, that property is probably going to do pretty well. Um, so I'd say your inherent risk is pretty low. Um, the only con about, I mean, the main con about investing in California, is, as everyone knows, is... You know, most of the, 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 oh my gosh, I can't say it. The municipalities, (laughs) right. The, the government, um, the state and city government, especially in LA, it's the absolute worst, but, um, the tenant laws, right. It's not a landlord friendly state. Um, it's a tenant friendly state. So you have to be careful when you're, um, moving tenants out, when you're executing your business plan, rehabbing the property. Um, there's a way to do it. And there's a fine line, um you know, to to make it happen. San Diego is a lot better than other cities like San Francisco or LA. Um, But the main con of, you know, investing in California is dealing with the, Mm. you know, the laws.
2: Cool. Makes sense. I have a feeling you have a good uh, broker recommendation in the San Diego area. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Okay. Now uh, let's talk about tax strategies. So what types of tax strategies have you used or seen other people use as you're investing in commercial space?
3: Yeah. Um, so I I think tax strategies in real estate is the most underrated part about, um, the industry in general that a lot of people don't know about, um, to, to answer the first part of that question, I think depreciation is the way to, um, you know, depreciate an asset is a way to get tax benefits on a property. And for those who don't understand what depreciation is in real estate, it's when basically you can deduct the land value. Um, sorry, the building value minus the land value. Um, you can deduct a building value for 27 and a half years. So let's say you buy a million dollar property and your building value is 750,000. You can depreciate that 750,000 over 27 and a half years. Um, and the math comes out, I don't know, like 30,000 a year. So you can deduct, call it 30,000 a year off of your um, yearly tax returns to offset your, um, your, your ordinary income like a W-2 or your business. Um, But where that really becomes much more beneficial is you can actually use something called cost segregation, where you can accelerate that depreciation um, over five, you know, to 10 years, even some, some properties, you know, one to three years, but basically um, now you can take that 750,000 and depreciate it over 10 years. So now you're getting um, a tax credit or a, you know, a deduction of 75 grand a year just for owning that piece of real estate. Um, you know, so if your property cash flow is 36 grand that year, but you can deduct, you know, 75 grand, you can deduct almost, you know, $40,000 from your um, ordinary income and in, on your K one or on your tax return from your property, you'll show a loss, but you actually made a gain, but on paper it shows the loss. So that's the most powerful part of investing in real estate. I mean, that's how like, you know, the big guys like donald trump um, Donald brand those guys that's how they don't pay income tax because they have so much depreciation from their assets I mean um, i I think my business last year um, you know netted like one point five million and we paid you know zero federal income tax because of the the, the depreciation from our property so I think it's the most powerful way to um, utilize real estate to you know offset your income
1: mm, yep super powerful. Okay, Jason, what is the number one piece of advice you have for investors before we kind of wrap things up?
3: Yeah, I'd say, you know, whether you're looking to uh, invest in a business, stock market, real estate, I think the most important thing is just having knowledge of what you're doing. I think, um, you know, listening to a great podcast like yours or reading a book about the asset class that you want to invest in. I think the most important thing is um, knowing what you are knowing exactly what you want to do and what path you want to take um, and make sure you enjoy it. I think if you don't enjoy what you invest in, you're not going to have fun with it. Um, I think investing should be fun. I think if you hate investing in a asset class, it just doesn't make sense to me personally. Um, I think you have to believe in it. You have to like it, enjoy doing it, um, have enough knowledge about it. Um, but that being said, I mean, don't let the knowledge factor make you you know, become paralyzed and you never start. I mean, there's a point where you have to take that knowledge, and just make the first move, no matter how scary it is, and just, you know, put money in it um, to really get that compound interest started. So um, that's my best yeah. advice for that. Love it. That's great
1: advice. Uh, how do people get connected with you? What's the best the best way to connect with Jason?
3: Yeah, best way is just, um, you know, Jason Lee on LinkedIn or um, my full name, Jason Joseph Lee on Instagram. Uh, it's the easiest way to, you know, direct message me or connect with me.
1: Awesome. You can also reach out to Rod and I. We can connect you with them and he's got the podcast. So make sure you go check out the multi-millionaire podcast. Did I get it right? The name? Uh, almost. Multi-family, multifamily millionaire. 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 Yeah. Right yeah, yeah. as I said it, I was like, I missed it. Okay. The no multi-family worries. millionaire. Um, I've checked it out. You, you do an awesome job, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, we appreciate it. And we'll
3: talk again soon. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to the Money Insights Podcast. To learn more about the financial and business strategies discussed in this show, please visit moneyinsights.net. The views and opinions expressed on the Money Insights podcast are not intended to be individual financial, tax, or legal advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making financial decisions. And if you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This will help others find the show and learn wealth building strategies for themselves. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next episode.